Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and I am here to bring you the weekend warm-up, our show where we cover the week's biggest news and get you ready for your weekend. And yeah, this week has had some eventful uh, happenings going on on Sabinerstrasse. Uh, the news that we got on Tuesday night uh, ahead of the Wednesday print edition of Sport Build was not good when it comes to the contract negotiations going on between Bayern Munich and star players like Leon Goretzka, Joshua Kimmich, and Kingsley Coman. And uh, obviously we knew that going into this, these talks were not going to be easy. These are three very talented uh, players on the younger side of their career, uh, really entering their prime. So obviously they want to be paid. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, has a very rigid salary structure, and it has not worked out so well during these talks as these three players, apparently, if you believe the reports, want to be paid like star players. And uh, they deserve it, quite honestly. I mean, if you are the negotiating camps for any of those three players, you would go and ask for the moon. You definitely would not <laughs> go in and try and uh, get a lesser deal for your client. So, uh, to see the news that things were not going so well and that there was a little unhappiness uh, from those camps uh, in the negotiations, it was it was not shocking. And we'll take a quick look at each of those three situations and uh, and just try and capture what's been going on and where we think things are going. We'll start out with Joshua Kimmich because Kimmich is the one who uh, obviously did not uh, have as much news attached to his name. Kimmich is representing himself, and uh, the only word that we really got from him is that he wants to be paid upward of 20 million euros per season, which uh, in the grand scheme of things throughout Europe, uh, for any power club, that would not be a salary that raised many eyebrows. But for Bayern Munich, that is definitely a salary that will raise some eyebrows. Uh, uh, Kimmich is a player in his prime. He's widely regarded as one of the top two or three defensive midfielders in the world, depending on who you are and what your opinion is. Uh, I mean, Kimmich is almost exclusively included in that group. So uh, I would say that Kimmich wanting that type of money is, is not only expected, but he probably deserves it. And uh, I'd be shocked if Bayern Munich does not meet that demand if he really truly does have it. Uh, and what we learned this week is that there are only a few players that reach that top upper echelon of pay. Robert Lewandowski leads the way, Manuel Neuer, then Leroy Sané, who we will touch on in a bit, and then Thomas Muller. So those four players uh, are within this this upper end salary range that tops out at about 20 million euro. And uh, while they're not all earning 20 million, uh, it, it can be assumed that they're somewhere all between that 18 and 20 range. And uh, Sane, like I said, we'll touch on in a bit because his situation has kind of affected some of what is going on right now. Uh, so for Kimmich, uh, back to him, uh, it just seems like this is going to be one of those things that plays out. His deal is not as much a rush because it ends in 2023. So uh, there is not as much focus on getting him done as much as the club would like to attack that contract and get it done early. Uh, there's just too much going on. So this could play out a while for Joshua Kimmich. As for Leon Goretzka, uh, we have seen a lot of different reports right now. And one of the biggest things that we saw was 
his negotiating camp is very annoyed with Bayern Munich because they have not been able to progress these talks to the point where uh, Goretzka's camp thinks a deal will be done soon. And the way things were headed before the Euros seemed like it was just a matter of time. And in fact, that's how it was described through numerous reports that it would just be a matter of time before Goretzka inked this new deal and everyone would be happy and move on. But not so fast, my friend. Things have not worked out that way. In fact, things have gotten to the point where we are now seeing that other clubs have seen Goretzka's unhappiness and what is going on with these negotiations and are willing to uh, kind of put their own word into him. So what we have seen so far is that Real Madrid, while they are not willing to spend a lot this summer, are willing to wait it out and pay Goretzka a big salary next summer if he is able to... uh, go through this period, not sign a deal, and become a free transfer in 2022. Uh, That seems very unlikely because Bayern Munich won. If they got to the point with Goretzka that they did not think they could make a deal happen, I am sure that they would sell him because they cannot afford another David Alaba or Jerome Boateng situation where these good players who have value leave for free. No one wants to see that. Uh, you know, I'm 100% sure no one wants to see Leon Gretzka leave in general. But surely if he was going to leave, they would sell him and not let him walk. So that plan from Real Madrid, uh, it, I, while it's ambitious and uh, it might sound good, I can't see it ever happening. Uh, we also saw FC Barcelona being linked to Gretzka, but we haven't seen any concrete information as to how they would attack this. Being in, a, being in a similar situation to Real Madrid with their budget, um, you know, Barca is in the process of trying to sell some big name players to generate funds to go out and get players. And it is, uh, I guess we can work under the assumption, given the reports that we saw, that Goretzka will be one of those players that they would target if they are able to unload such players as Dembele and Griezmann and, and quite a few others, Coutinho. Um, so if, if, Barca can start to unload those big names, generate some funds. We could see some movement. But as of now, of the three contenders, uh, Barca would probably be the third. But the number one contender at this point is Manchester United. And with some very interesting news that that came out this morning, uh, we are seeing that Manchester United is offering Leon Goretzka a bigger salary salary than what Bayern Munich has thus far within the negotiations. So if true, and it's a big if, uh, this does put some pressure on Bayern Munich to take a look uh, at Goretzka's demands very closely and think about meeting them because what we see right now is that Manchester United, if this is all true, uh, they want to bring in Leon Goretzka. And you might say, well, where do they fit Goretzka in this? And while he is not a like-for-like replacement with Paul Pogba, what we have seen in other reports is that Pogba might move on from Manchester United, and we've seen him link closely to clubs like PSG and Juventus. So with this, uh, it definitely has heightened things for Bayern Munich regarding Leon Goretzka. And, you know, all of this could be conjecture. It could just be rumors. But what we do know is that Leon Goretzka has suitors. And what he has is an extreme amount of talent. And he is uh, he has built a good reputation for himself. So... Everything that he needed to do entering this summer, Leon Goretzka has done, and he has set himself up nicely to create this mini bidding war at this point. Will Bayern Munich let him go? I can't see it. 
to me, I think when you look at Leon Goretzka, he is one of the premier, if not the premier, box-to-box midfielders in the world. And what he can do in terms of shifting his game to be more defensive-focused, to more attacking-focused, and do it seamlessly within a play even, uh, this is a, a player that you cannot afford to let go. And going way back to when Bayern originally signed him on a free transfer from Schalke, I was all over him. Uh, you know, and what really got to me was the potential I saw, and you guys will, of course, love this reference, the 2017 Confederations Cup team. Uh, when I saw Goretzka playing there, there was just something special about him, the way he approached the game, the way he attacked the game, that you could see that this kid was headed for big things. So I was ecstatic when I started to see the rumors about Bayern Munich uh, being interest- interested in Goretzka and then following through and going through that winter and making that transfer happen. Uh, as you remember, Gretzka signed a winter deal and did not move over until after uh, the spring part of the season. So uh, it was, you know, one of those things that once it happened, you know, I expected great things almost immediately. Those things did not happen right off the bat in Bayern Munich simply because they had too many midfielders. When you look back at those teams when Gretzka first came, I mean, you had Thiago, you had Arturo Vidal, you had. You had Yashua Kimmich, who wasn't even playing midfield at that point uh, because there were so many. Um, you know, Quarantan Taliso was also a new player. There were just Javi Martinez, and you could go on and on with this when you also had James Rodriguez and, and all of that nonsense that happened with him. But there were just so many players that Goretzka really couldn't carve out his own niche yet. But he did that in the 2019-2020 season, especially under Hansi Flick. And Hansi Flick, for whatever people want to say about him, you cannot discredit the job that he did in unlocking the futures of players like Kimmich and Goretzka, reinvigorating a player like Thomas Muller, uh, really drawing the best anyone has seen from Kingsley Coman. Uh, Flick, you know, I'm a big Flickophile, I guess, but he has uh, he did such a great job with those players. Uh, it gives people hope for Germany, but I mean, what he did with Goretzka in giving him the opportunity to go out and compete, I think made Goretzka's career. This has made the kid what will be uh, millions and millions of dollars because he got a chance to prove himself. He always had the ability, and granted, he did go through a bit of a physical transformation when he decided to really commit himself to weight training and strength training and all of that. Um, that made a big difference in his game as well, but uh, getting the opportunity from Flick really put Goretzka in this place to have this bidding war. And, uh, you know, if you're a Bayern fan, I think you have to be a bit worried about the way things are going. Now, realistically, do I think they're going to let him go in the prime of his career? No. I mean, barring any situation where Manchester United comes in and offers him an absurd amount of money and he just decides to accept it and Bayern is forced to sell, uh, I can't see it happening. I just really think that Byron is going to offer the top end of their pay scale to him. Uh, and what the ramifications will be that be for that down the road, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that there's no possible way they're going to let him go, especially at this point, given how important he is to the team. Uh, the final player that we saw a lot about uh, in terms of contract negotiations was Kingsley Coman. And Coman, of course, has been uh, relatively unhappy about a few things. Um, you know, if you've listened or read anything I've written or said about the Byron three-wing scenario over the past year that I just never thought it was going to work out because all three players 
are big ego, big talent, and all think they deserve to be a consistent starter. Uh, having three players like that for two positions does not necessarily always equate to happiness on the roster. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. And uh, touching back to what we spoke about earlier in terms of Leroy Sané, it did not help that Sané is getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, allegedly just behind Lewandowski and Neuer on the Bayern payroll. Uh, yeah, that rubbed his teammates the wrong way because not only do these players think that they are as good or better than Sané, but they think they deserve his money, not just his starting role. And, you know, what we learned about Sané last season is, you know, one, it was the first season after an ACL tear, so expectations should have been tempered. And I've been critical of him at times, for sure, because I don't think he's always exerted the max effort that he could have out there. I mean, it took him a while to get used to being a quote-unquote Bayern winger. And with that, Hansi Flick really had to get on him to work on his tracking back, to work on his defensive play. And to Sané's credit, he did that. The problem is that he did not have a good season offensively. And while his numbers were not terrible, it was more of the fact that he was so touted uh, as this savior, as this player that was the next generation winger. And his impact on games just was not that great. He was very inconsistent. And inconsistency was a common theme among not just Sané, but Coman and Gnabry as well. Uh, those three players throughout the season just rotated being in a rut. And, uh, you know, to his credit, Coman was the one player who was the most consistent throughout the season. He just tapered off at the end and had just a what I would say is a poor spring season. Gnabry was a roller coaster all, <laughs> all year. And Sané was just mercurial at best. I mean, we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly with Sané. But him and his salary uh, have really upset, it seems, the other two Bayern wingers, uh, according to reports. So with Coman and Gnabry unha relatively unhappy with how much Sané is making compared to what they are, and also given the fact that Sané was kind of anointed, anointed this status of a starter without really having to prove himself. I think we're seeing the fallout of that. And, you know, if you go on social media, you're going to see, like, the rampant criticism of Brazo in this whole deal because Brazo made this an 18-month ordeal where he just tracked Sané and there were a million stories and, you know, the way that this was all presented was that Sané was the seamless fit at Bayern that was going to come in and just change things and make things better and help ease the transition to a new generation of players. But, you know, after one year, it's hard to think that he's that type of player. I don't know that he'll be that impactful at Bayern Munich, despite all the good attributes he has. Great left foot, excellent speed, great footwork, creative Something's just missing it, and maybe he'll be able to put that together. But right now, Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry have a major, major case for thinking they are as good or better than Sané and that they deserve a top-end salary and they deserve a starting 11 role. So all of this with Coman uh, kind of circles back to what they did with Sané. And, you know, even before this week, we saw a lot of reports about Coman and, and where he would end up. And there was interest from Manchester United before they hooked up with Jaden Sancho. You know, we've seen Chelsea. We've seen Liverpool. We've seen PSG. I mean, these are all power clubs who could afford to pay him the type of money he wants and probably afford him the opportunity to get a starting 11 role. Um, so 
of all the three players right now, while Goretzka's situation is fascinating, Coman's is the most dire because he legitimately seems like he wants to leave at this point. And, you know, what will Bayern do heading into 2022? They obviously do not want to lose him. I mean, this is not a player that, that Bayern Munich by any means wants to think about letting go. The problem is that just his demands alone and where he expects to be on the roster, uh, these are things that I don't know that uh, Bayern Munich is going to be able to solve with Kingsley Coman over the course of this summer. So that's something we're really going to have to take a look at. Uh, this is definitely uh, this is definitely a player who is important to Bayern's future. But you know, again, his contract ends in 2023. So what we really could see is this all of this talk and nonsense carry over through. This entire season, and then we'll get to you know the summer of 2022, and Byron might have to you know be in a position where they are forced to make a hard decision on whether to keep him or sell him. And uh, you know, I for one, like I like Coman's talent, but if this is truly a player that wants to move on, I think Byron has to look at uh, ways of making that happen that can work out for them. And you know, to let you in on a little secret. I think Jamal Musial is going to be the best wing that Byron has this season. I think he's going to overtake Sané Gnabry and uh, Coman. I just feel like Musiala is on the verge of breaking out, really. And if he gets opportunity to play at wing, he's going to overtake all three because I just think he's, between his dribbling, his speed, and his creativity, he has a little bit more of a total package, I guess, than those three put together at this stage. Now, we could see Musiala slump. Uh, you know, he could be used in a different role. But right now, based on what I saw in the second half of last season, he was the one wing of the four that really needed to be in the lineup uh, at all times. And, you know, if that happens, that will be another thing that will drive players like Coman and Gnabry crazy. So uh, that whole situation on the wing and the contract negotiations with uh, Kingsley Coman, that's something that everyone should pay attention to. As draining as it might be to read the updates on that, I think this is something that where we could see uh, some movement this summer. I don't think Byron is quite ready to sell him, but if if some club wants to come in and, and throw 75 to 80 million, there might be a chance because I don't know that it's going to be much better next summer when Byron is basically going to be forced to sell him. So that covers it for the three big players that we saw uh, in terms of their recent contract negotiations. But there was one more story this week that was kind of irritating because it just seemed like we were just rewinding back to 2018 all over again. And that was with Robert Lewandowski and the rampant transfer rumors surrounding him. And the big one this week was, of course, Chelsea, because why not Chelsea? They only have billions of dollars to play with and don't care about spending it on uh, you know a position where they already have 85 options on their roster. Uh, but it just seems like now we're once again back to Lewandowski wants a contract extension uh, with Bayern Munich. Uh, again, this is not an urgent deal for the Bavarians as they have some time to play with. Uh, Lewandowski's deals ends in 2023 and not 2022. So again, like Coman, we could see this all play out a little longer uh, and just see all the rampant speculation and rumors carry through 
to another throughout this season and go through next summer where again Bayern might have to make a decision so like Coman Lewandowski's deal ends in 2023 and despite the fact that we've seen you know Lewandowski linked to PSG and Juventus and Real Madrid Manchester City FC Barcelona Manchester United I expect to read all of this and probably have to talk and write about all of this for the next year because it just seems like this is a page out of the Pini Zahavi playbook where he's going to want to just pump up his client, being Lewandowski, and generate as much interest as possible. And whether this results in an extension with, with Bayern Munich or not, we'll see. But one of the things that we did kind of read this week was that Lewandowski has feels like he's achieved all he can at Bayern Munich and wants a new challenge, which... To me, I don't know that I necessarily believe that. Uh, I mean, it's possible because a goal-driven person like Lewandowski may want to put himself on a bigger stage than Germany. Uh, he may want to put himself at a, you know, I hate to say it, a bigger club than Bayern Munich at this point and uh, chase some hardware that way. But again, this is a hobby we're dealing with. This could all just be a work to get uh, to expedite getting a new deal for Lewandowski. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Look at when you look at Chelsea's roster; they have so many options at forward, depending on whether you want a wide forward or a central forward. Uh, there are just so many players they have access to. Uh, adding Lewandowski to that mix, while of course would improve it, he is not just the best striker on earth right now; he is the best player. Um, that obviously would improve their team. There, there is no doubt about that. But. Uh, you know, some movement would have to happen on their end as well. They can't keep, you know, 85 players for that position. Um, Timo Werner being one of them. And, of course, this morning we saw some news that we'll probably have in the Daily Schmankerl tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Saturday, uh, about uh, Timo Werner being open to leaving Chelsea. So I am sure at some point we're going to see swap deal, Lewandowski for Werner. Uh, people will start to connect those dots. Um, I don't know at this point with Flick, Hansi Flick being gone from Bayern Munich. I don't think that we're going to see that. Flick was the biggest Werner proponent on Sabiner Strasse, and now he is gone. So it uh, just does not seem like that Werner to Bayern move will happen, even if he is open to it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to see a lot of that, and we're going to see a lot more stories about Lewandowski because I feel like until he signs a new deal, this is just going to be rampant rumors and stories and posts uh, from various outlets because Zahavi works the media like no other agent in the game of world football. Uh, he just has a magic touch in making everyone generate hype around a subject that he wants to dictate. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot of this, but something to keep an eye on. Obviously, Chelsea has the money to overpay for Lewandowski, not just in a transfer fee, but in a salary. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But I would expect that this is going to be another situation that drags on over the course of this season. So that is what we have for this week. Uh, I know some of you are watching the Olympics. Obviously, Germany did not fare so well against Brazil. Uh, quite frankly, this German side does not look too, um, I don't want to say too talented because they, they do have some talent on the squad, but they're not looking great. Uh, it's not to say that they can't come back and make an effort make, to get into a position to win a medal. But, um, you know, after the Euros, after such a crazy couple of years in club football, 
it almost seems like the Olympics are an afterthought. So I would just suggest enjoy watching the games. Don't expect too much from Germany in this. I know I'm not, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try and watch whenever I can. The problem is, you know, being on the east coast of the U.S. and then having to watch something on Tokyo time is not great. So for any of our Asian listeners, I feel your pain with what you have to deal with uh, every week when trying to watch Bayern Munich because I know that your schedules get trashed uh, and just trying to watch your team play. So. Uh, appreciate that you guys <laughs> appreciate what you guys have to go through just to just to follow your club. So uh, that'll do it for this week. Thanks again for listening. If you can uh, give me a follow on the Barrel Blog on Twitter, you can also uh, you know reach me at Bavarian Football Works just about every day. I do a substantial amount of writing there, including the Daily Schmackerel, where we are doing everything daily and giving you guys something to look at every morning, afternoon, or night, depending where you are geographically in the world. So I uh, would love doing it. Love connecting with you guys. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.